Joining me now on the phone is Illinois State Senate Republican Leader Bill Brady of Bloomington. Leader Brady, thank you for joining me. Rick, good to be with you, and happy Memorial Day weekend. And to you, and I wanted to take a point here, I thought it would be appropriate with you on the phone, that uh, I I was notified that on Tuesday, uh, one of your predecessors, uh, James Pate Phillip of Wooddale, will be turning 90. And I thought it was appropriate... Thought it would be appropriate to wish uh, Pete a very happy birthday. Uh, was Senate President from '93 to 2003. He spent 28 years in the Senate. Was in the House before that. A Marine Corps veteran, uh, controversial, uh, blunt speaker, uh, but uh, that uh, that that made Illinois interesting during those times. It did. Pete, uh, true patriot, never afraid to say what was on his mind. Definitely for for better or for about, worse. <laughs> de- definitely had opinions about what would make Illinois the best state it could be and uh, and led with those. And pretty good status, strategist. I mean, he uh, put in a map together that uh, allowed them to continue to keep control of the Senate chamber for 10 years was uh, quite an accomplishment. So I uh, want to wish uh, Pete a, a happy birthday and uh, he, and let him know that there's still a lot of uh, followers in the Illinois political process. Um, I, I, I don't know if you were listening earlier. I said about how, you know, we're all kind of feeling this uh, Groundhog Day kind of uh, situation when we're staying at home. May not have been the case because of uh, your travels to Springfield, but I said when you take that regular Groundhog Day feeling and then you couple it by dealing with covering the Illinois General Assembly, it's a Groundhog Day in a Groundhog Day. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously the three-day pandemic special session stretched on and ended somewhere around 2 a.m. this morning. Uh, But uh, I, I for one, uh, for better or for worse, I, for one, was surprised at the amount of things that did get done. Yeah, I I wasn't. I mean, a lot of groundwork had been laid uh, on a lot of issues through the working groups, at least in the Senate, that uh, President Harmon and and I uh, asked our members to engage in. So uh, there was a lot of discussion uh, that took place. Members were working hard from their districts. Uh, some of the issues we could come to an agreement on, and, and some we could not. But um, we, um, it, it didn't surprise me we got some things done. But we, we, we were disappointed, as you know, that there was one big issue that didn't get the attention we think it deserves, and that is uh, a legislative discussion and check on the unilateral authority that the governor's been given uh, working through this pandemic. And... Uh, we, we all represent people throughout the state, and we were very disappointed, and we'll continue to push uh, for more input from the legislature uh, on how we can move this state's economy forward fast and safely, uh, because there are real people hurting. Uh, businesses are questioning whether they're going to be able to open up, and uh and, and employees are wondering if their business is going to be able to open up and stay open. Uh, it real 
cured Illinois' problems is to get this economy kicked into gear. Uh, it's it's been our problem uh, for the last uh, several years, and we've even been facing bigger challenges today. Well, and I know uh, you and uh, House Republican leader Jim Durkin uh, both wanted to see uh, basically an up or down vote on the governor's uh, restore Illinois phased in reopening plan wanted to see a wanted to see a floor vote uh, in the general assembly uh, that obviously didn't happen um, but I was I, I was curious whether uh, because and you know a story that I wrote over the weekend that basically got supplanted by the actions of last night but but the fact is obviously there's frustration over you know the the stay-at-home orders and it's not partisan frustration every you know everybody's kind of there's angst here and yeah we don't know what we don't know granted but i'm i'm i was curious whether you know, even some Democrats, and we've kind of seen this in some parts of the state, kind of in the metro east area uh, around Madison County, where there are Democratic lawmakers that are basically saying, yeah, open up, open up. We need to open up. And that's basically uh, runs counter to Governor Pritzker's uh, kind of phased in approach. I was kind of surprised to see if there wasn't some traction there for at least some kind of uh, maybe not legislative oversight, but legislative participation uh, in the reopening process. We were too. We we know that some of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle have real pressures back in their district, uh, like we do, uh, on uh, the restrictions that the governor has in place right now. Uh, we know that people expect us to debate the issues. The, the good news is we proved over the week that we can do that safely, uh, that we can do our work. It's our disappointment that uh, we didn't get more support from the other side of the aisle to stay in Springfield and take up that issue. The people of Illinois deserve a debate. And I give the governor credit for the hard work and the, the sincere effort he has put into this. Uh, but no governor should have unilateral power for that long if the legislature can, can meet. And I, I give him credit for holding press conferences, but those are very limited in terms of what they're, they're able to um, bring about in terms of a discussion. But it's not the press's job to question the executive branch. It's the legislative branch. We're elected. And we were, we were tremendously disappointed we didn't get more uh, for that. We'll continue to work. We, we, we know we only have 19 votes in the, as Republicans in the Illinois Senate. They have 40. Uh, we, we have a good dialogue, but we're going to continue to push well, for the safest, fastest opening possible with legislative involvement. I mean, I, I know that there was legislation that, that passed that would create through the Department of uh, Commerce and uh, Economic Opportunity, the old uh, DECA, as it was known, this kind of uh, collaborative effort involving 14 legislators, eight Democrats, six Republicans, to kind of advise on reopening strategies. Uh, but I, I don't sense that that's anything more than just kind of a, a yet another task force where a report that's due in July is going to end up in a file cabinet. Well, I, I hope not, but the timing of it, 
may make it not as relevant as it could have been if we were in Springfield this coming week and, and taking up as a general assembly these issues. Um, you know, we have, and this is, this is the pressure we're feeling from the businesses in our district who don't know if their third generation family business and the employees that they care so much about are going to be able to survive. And, uh, you know, it's not that we don't believe that there should continue to be caution, uh, sh- shelter in your home as often as possible, but all businesses, large and small, should be able to operate safely and competitively, and we shouldn't be putting restrictions on them. We're speaking to Illinois Senate Republican Leader Bill Brady of Bloomington. I'm Rick Pearson. This is your Sunday Spin. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson, and joining me on the phone is Bill Brady of Bloomington. He is the Illinois Senate Republican leader. We're talking about the recently adjourned uh, special pandemic session of the General Assembly, basically uh, adjourned, I guess it's fair to say, not that many hours ago. Uh, But, Leader Brady, so we get get a $40 billion uh, state spending plan. And when you look at it, obviously what sticks out is $5 billion that the state's going to borrow uh, from the Federal Reserve under a program that the Reserve created to assist uh, basically states and and local governments. We're going to be borrowing that to fill a hole over the massive loss of revenue. And I know this in debate both in the House and the Senate, this was a a major point that was raised by Republicans. And I guess my question to you is, given the magnitude of the hole that exists in the budget over the decline, the massive decline in tax revenues, what's the alternative but take advantage of that low-interest borrowing? Well... I think um, you certainly want to take advantage of low interest borrowing to what you can fill. And we understand uh, the dramatic decrease in revenues. But there's also uh, an increase in operating, uh, total operating budget uh, in what was passed yesterday, uh, well over the original 2020. So uh, there there were some areas that gave us concern. Uh, we, we had asked, I think, more for Comptroller Hines' cuts that he asked the agencies to uh, provide so we could see that. We really didn't get that flushed out to get a true picture of that. Um, and there were other things in this, but certainly the magnitude. And, and, and we, don't, we also are very compassionate that during a pandemic like this, where you have astronomically record high unemployment, uh, people need their government more than ever. Uh, but we were also concerned about some of the the, the lack of emphasis on trying to help businesses, in our opinion, uh, rebuild in this uh, economy. And uh, there just didn't seem to be the focus that we wanted on that in this case. And and then the other thing was there's tremendous amount of non-general budget uh, expenditures related to COVID. And uh, we had we had concern that there just wasn't enough legislative oversight in these expenditures and, and how they're going to meet the highest priorities of our of our state. When you talk about oversight, what exactly are you looking at? Well, 
again, and one of the things that we thought yesterday, and I, I know that the, the, the simple majority vote to approve a, a budget would have been the end of May. We're not there yet. Uh, but I think if we, we could have think, maybe taken this budget into June, where we might know more about the real revenue picture and uh, more about what the federal government's going to give us and had a, had a better opportunity. So that, that was one of our concerns. We don't know what the federal uh, CARES Act will eventually provide, but this budget provides billions of dollars in spending uh, with a lot of discretion given to the governor on that and not as much legislative oversight as we would detail a budget, uh, understanding that there's some uh, you know, abnormal circumstances here, and but we still think we, we should be weighing in more on these decisions uh, as we know we can safely through our experiences last week. Um, this morning when the governor had uh, his news conference in Springfield to talk about the uh, the legislature's actions as well as to uh, update the state on uh, guidelines for specific businesses that would be reopening uh, in under the new phase that we're entering here at, on May 29th. Uh, but I, I asked the question about uh, state assistance to local governments, and I was curious about your thoughts on that because uh, obviously there are there's funding for municipalities to get back uh, COVID-related expenses, uh, PPE and uh, for overtime and personnel like that. But you're still looking at the fact of many municipalities saying, uh, if without some money, and they can't do it with property taxes, uh, they're going to be laying off frontline first responders. Uh, I think Ryan Spain, representative of Peoria, mentioned that this budget without that without that kind of help forthcoming they're looking at closing three fire stations in peoria we're very concerned about that uh this gets back to the oversight of the cares act resources you know to many people their local government is the most important government to them and uh the the, in, in many ways it is because they provide the first responders, as you indicated, firefighters, police, uh, picking up the garbage and other things that are so important to their well-being. And so it gives us some concern. But I I will say this, in our negotiations, in my negotiations with Senate President Harmon, uh, we came to an agreement uh, that we needed to do what we could, at least with the local distributive fund, take the governor's uh, 5% hold back and make them whole with 100% funding of the local distributor fund. And I, I applaud President Harmon and uh, his caucus for joining us in that effort and uh, th- that we know how important those local governments are to the people. And uh, we were pleased to see that. But we're very concerned that, as you indicated in your question today in the press conference, there isn't enough support in here for local governments, uh, and we're going to have to continue to work to provide more support to them. As I said yesterday, Rick, and you know, you, you, you spend the whole first half of the year approximately uh, working on legislation and, and building a budget, and it comes down to this uh, you know, final moment where you, you pass a budget, you adjourn, and now you 
you go back to your lives for the most part and to your homes and your family and your businesses or, or whatever. And uh, you, you refocus a little bit on that. Uh, unfo- unfortunately, because of this pandemic and the, this COVID-19 crisis, uh, our work has just begun. We may have a budget, but there's much more that needs to be done uh, by the legislature and, and making sure uh, that we play a role in advancing the policy, the principles, and the priorities uh, that we need to see our state engaged in to help the people who are who are so devastated uh, by this this pandemic. Uh, nothing they did wrong, and uh, we're going to have to keep rolling up our sleeves each and every day uh, from this day forward until we get a, a vaccine and rebuild our economy and the livelihoods of, of the people that we represent throughout the state. I know one thing that didn't get done, and it was kind of a, a, a precursor for this uh, special session, was the issue of the governor's emergency rule that would have uh, made it punishable by as a misdemeanor for business owners who uh, violated the stay-at-home uh, non-essential business closure orders and the faced faced with a, a likely rejection of that emergency rule in a legislative panel uh, he withdrew that but said that you know lawmakers would would come up with an alternative that he didn't want anybody to be a business owner to be arrested but that it wanted kind of a fine situation that would be less than a shutdown order or a uh, or a license suspension and uh, that was kind of the last we heard of it from the legislature. They didn't do anything. What happened? Well, I think that people won. Uh, I think the governor got bad advice when he put that emergency rule into place. Uh, there are repercussions for not following it, but it was an overreach uh, in that rule. And uh, I was pleased to see the bipartisan agreement. Uh, I, I certainly think that that would have, that he would have, been denied that if he had not withdrawn it. And uh, I was pleased to see that the legislature didn't re-engage him. We have uh, existing rules and policies in place. We don't need to be more punitive. Because someone makes a mistake or does something wrong, um, you know, the governor has sh- shut down people who violated his, uh, his orders. He's got plenty of tools, I think. Uh, and, and this was a clearly an overreach. I think he was given bad advice. And I was pleased to see that uh, uh, the Democrats stood with us uh, in opposing any further overreach in this area. So you, it was by your view is bipartisan that we didn't that the legislature didn't move forward with an alternative. Uh, well, yeah, as you know, the rules of JCAR is it would take both parties to deny his right. emergency rule, and, and that clearly would have been done, uh, or he would not have withdrawn it. And then uh, the Democrats evidently couldn't come up with what they thought was reasonable in line with uh, what he wanted. So I think uh, they made the right decision there. Uh, This is no time to to be even more punitive of people who are struggling, uh, you know, in in their capacity uh, at these times. So I think uh, the, the lack of initiative or completion of anything in that area it sends a real message to whoever is advising the governor on this. This is just the wrong direction. What do you view as successes that came out of this session? Well, 
Well, I, I think, I do think there was, in the Senate particularly, there was some relationship building as we all had to deal with uh, doing our jobs in a different way that will that we can build on the future. Uh, there were things that the Democrats just couldn't complete uh, and uh, that couldn't come to an agreement in their majority with what we, we wanted, but it was a healthy discussion. I, I would say, though, that... Um, there are things that are coming out of this that uh, that that will move us uh, forward that we that we came to an agreement on that we need to do a hospital assessment that will provide better health care and better funding for the, the people. Uh, in the Senate, we came to an agreement on capital where we can make sure that we're reinvesting every nickel we have in the state to build projects that will help put, put people back to work uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, little things that uh, came to terms on workers' compensation, not little to everybody, um, and uh, uh, other other things like uh, extending the, the TIF legislation, um, important things that uh, needed to be done. And, and even though we didn't agree with the Democrats on a budget, uh, I do believe it's important that we have a budget in place. Uh, and even though we think that budget gave the governor too much authority, uh, we'll, we'll monitor and keep him in check. And as we can, as best we can, uh, using the media and other ways. But uh, putting a budget in place uh, was a good good thing. Well, I thought too the workers' comp uh, agreement between business and labor, and that you know very quickly that was an emergency rule too, and uh, that was uh, pulled uh, under a court suit. And for business yeah. and labor to come to an agreement on uh, presumptions of COVID-related illness on the workplace with yeah. a rebuttable presumption that it, if they can prove it didn't, it didn't. That's I think that's a big deal. Yeah. It is, and uh, we were pleased to see that negotiation. We think there was more that could have been done to help business that was not dealt with. We, but we were absolutely in support of those workers who, um, you know, are, are proven to have their their inability to work related to the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, had to be. We, we we wanted to make sure we showed the compassion and the passion but there were other things we felt could have been done for business now we, we agreed with the resolution leader i got i'm sorry i'm gonna have to hold you right there we're running out of time uh illinois senate republican leader bill brady of bloomington thank you